Hi, I'm Leslie Russell, and I'm the founder and president of Next Generation Ministries Independent Learning Academy, which is now evolving into Equip 210. And I'm so excited for our new podcast, which is Reinventing Education with Leaders and Visionaries. So turn up the volume, come on in, because we are in the middle of an incredible educational revolution and so excited to be a part of it. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited uh, for today's show. Uh, we, if you don't know, we are in the middle of an educational revolution, and we have someone who is just pioneering some really amazing, super exciting things. So I'm Leslie Russell, and you are reinventing education with leaders and visionaries, and we have quite the leader and visionary on today. So get ready. Here we go. Uh, let's welcome Ryan Collins, who is the CEO of the Bethel School of Technology. And he, he is great. And we are going to really get into um, where God is in technology. So welcome, Ryan. Thanks for being on the show today. Leslie, thank you so much. So uh, I really got to experience Bethel School of Technology this past year when you offered your first class at the Independent Learning Academy and just the feedback from the students, they enjoyed it so much. They're now like web designers and builders and uh, they just had an amazing year. So, so appreciative of that and super excited to have you next year uh, with our Equip 210 movement. So you just wrote an, a book and I'm really excited to talk more about the book that you just wrote uh, because it's really important. So listeners, um, our audience here, just to know that God, as you know, is omnipresent. He's omnipresent. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. He's all-knowing, all-powerful. He's everywhere. So why shouldn't he be in technology too? So you wrote this amazing book, um, which we're super excited to get into. It's called The God of Tech. So if you could share a little bit about why you wrote that and um, just kind of like your motivation behind that. Yeah, yeah, it's been a journey. You know, we launched Bethel School of Technology in January of 2018. That was when our first class was, uh, our first cohort. And we were the, at the time, uh, the first uh, online Christian coding school in the world. We are still the only online Christian coding school in the world. And, and our whole mission was to equip kingdom minded believers with the most in demand tech skills so that they could go into the most influential sphere in society and serve companies with excellence in both skill and character. And that point directly um, to the brilliance and the love and the excellence of Christ. And, uh, you know, we're based out of Redding, California, which is three and a half hours east of Silicon Valley, the most influential zip code in the world. And we knew when we launched the uh, the school that we would have churches and uh, other believers who would be cheering us on. But one of the unexpected impacts was that we started getting invited into the leading tech companies in the world. Uh, we did a, a panel discussion at Google's headquarters on the intersection of faith and technology. We got invited to Facebook and to Salesforce and Apple. And it was really interesting because the drive-by narrative is that God and tech are mutually exclusive entities that unlike other sectors that can point their roots back to some type of Christian influence, that the tech space is an entirely humanistic endeavor built apart from God and oftentimes uh, even denies God's existence. I, uh, it's estimated that 80% of uh, people in Silicon Valley that work in tech are either atheists or agnostic. So 
uh, we started getting invited into these major campuses of the leading tech companies in the world. And it wasn't our tech skills that, that were getting us invitations. It was actually the, the, the point that we were focused on soft skills, character building skills, things like culture of honor and healthy relationship and community and brave communication and trustworthiness. These are all kingdom values. These are all biblical principles, but they're also the same type of soft skills that companies are investing millions of dollars to improve their workplace culture. So we were getting these invitations And so I was uh, in the Bay Area. I was meeting with a major tech company talking about our school. And I was driving across the Bay Bridge to meet with another major tech company. And I was stuck in traffic on the Bay Bridge. And I heard the Lord say in my heart that I'm redeeming the tech space so that all would taste and see my goodness. And that moved me. I knew that what we were doing at Bethel Tech wasn't just a skills-based uh, you know, uh, school that would lead people to jobs, but we were actually part of a movement. Uh, that God was so creating uh, and inviting believers to enter into, you know, uh, Billy Graham in 2000 said the next great movement of God would come from believers in the marketplace. And every company now considers themselves to some degree, a tech company, whether it's Facebook or whether it's Chipotle, they are all falling over themselves to find qualified tech talent. And they have a high focus on creating um, their digital influence and their digital footprint. So anyways, he says this to me, And my basically rationalization of that was this drive-by narrative that he was, that God and tech are mutually exclusive. He's going to graft something in that was built a part of him or built um, apart from him, but he's going to bring it into his will uh, and and use it for, uh, for an opportunity to spread uh, the good news of Jesus Christ. And then I was driving again about six months later. And uh, I was going from Reading to Sacramento this time. And the Lord reminded me of that download he gave me. And he said, Ryan, what do you think I meant when I said I'm redeeming the tech space? I I said, well, you know, you're going to graph something in and and use it for your good. And and he's like, no, that word redeem means regain possession of. I am regaining possession of something that is near and dear to my heart that I had a plan and purpose for uh, since the beginning of time that actually points to my nature as creator and innovator. And it will ultimately lead uh, creation back to its original design with creator. And uh, and so powerful. Yeah, yeah. So that was the that was the foundation of going on this this journey to discover did the Lord actually partner with believers at some point in history to create the foundation of our modern technology and our modern communication networks uh and and uh if so uh what do we do to actually redeem that so um incredibly uh the lord did partner with these spirit-led believers in the mid-19th century out of great britain to create the foundation of our modern communication networks and tech space and uh and so that really is this journey because we have to rediscover our origin in order to move us forward into this next season that the Lord is calling us into. And that's not just for the tech space, but that is, that is our origin story. Like what we believe about our origin will um, impact and influence what we believe about our identity, how we treat other people and how we build and use uh, technology. So that really is kind of the, uh, the impetus for the book. That was a long answer. (laughs) No, that was so good. Like there was a lot of amazing information in there. So some of the the nuggets that I can just pull out of that is like basically um, is that God is in everything. And like he gives us 
the joy of being able to create with him. So like he created the heavens and the earth and all of the, you know, all of the amazing things in creation and, you know, us as human beings and animals and the whole thing. And it's like he gave us the ability to innovate and create too and how exciting it is in the tech space that we get to do that. But it's not like it's a vacuum that we're just like doing it um, on our own. The fact that, you know, God is totally a huge part of that. And I, I feel like in everything that you were saying, that is just something to really like pull out of that is there's really, there's like nothing that, um, that we, that we get to do that God isn't like some, like some part of it or can be some part of it. So with that in your book, can you kind of like, what is your book like elaborate on? What does it kind of yeah. go into regarding that? Yeah, it's kind of a state of the union address. So kind of like talking about uh, where we were, where we are and where we're going. So going back to where we've been and even that foundation that the Lord put in motion with spirit led believers in, in the mid 19th century, there was one particular individual his names. He was a Scottish physicist named James Clerk Maxwell. Uh, he, you know, Einstein was asked, do you stand on the shoulders of Isaac Newton? He said, no, I stand on the shoulders of Maxwell because it was Maxwell who ushered in a revolution in the way that scientists and physicists perceive the natural world. He believed that everything that we sensed, everything that we see, taste, touch, smell, um, feel, uh, that, uh, I already said touch, but, uh, it, that was only one part of the equation. There had to be an underlying reality and a, and a guiding force in a, in an invisible realm that was causing everything to, in our physical world to operate and exist. And it was from this perspective that he discovered that light was an electromagnetic magnetic wave that you could actually manipulate these waves in such a way that you could transfer information from one place to the next through empty space, whether it be a mile away or a thousand miles away. This is the foundation of Wi-Fi, of radar, of satellite, of our mobile phones, what you and I are doing right now over a virtual chat. Uh, and so our modern communication networks and tech space stand on the shoulders of Maxwell. And Maxwell was this incredible, devout, radical believer who believed that God and science were not mutually exclusive, but they were in intrinsically and eternally linked and that God was creator of the universe. He made man in his image, just like you were talking about, Leslie, and he gave us dominion over creation. It was our responsibility to steward what he put in our hands. And the more that we actually leaned in and explored God's creation and partnered with him and spent time with him, the more that God would reveal his creativity to us and through us and, and, and pull in uh, what we would call heavenly or divine solutions for the world's hardest problems. So this is really the foundation of what the tech space looks like. And if you take a zoom out of just looking at the tech space, what other space in, in society operates in a higher level of faith in operating in the invisible realm than the tech space? It's like Hebrews 11.3. The Passion Translation says that by faith, we understand that God spoke the worlds into existence. God spoke and the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. That second part, the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. That is like the motto for the tech space. It's just that first part that there's been a veil on and that um, the Lord is inviting us as spirit-led believers and innovators is to partner with him to create impossible solutions through technology and innovation to solve the world's hardest problems and it 
ultimately lead to an encounter with the love of Christ so that all would taste and see his goodness. And so that's what we have to do as believers is to engage that first part of Hebrews 11.3 so that that veil would be lifted. And we bring, we, we bring the love of Christ to everyone everywhere. Wow, that is so great. And it's so exciting. And for everyone who's listening, it's applicable for you too, whether you're in the tech space or some other space. And I just think of Ephesians 2.10, yeah. uh, which is we are God's masterpiece created anew in Christ Jesus for the good works that he prepared for us long ago. So whatever is your passion, whatever it is that motivates you, that you get excited about, that, that God, God is in that. And it's not like you just can experience him at church on Sunday and then like just go to your job during the week. Like you bring him everywhere you go and he can be in everything that you do. And this is like such a, a perfect example of it. So you're really impacting the, the tech space. So tell me a little bit like when your students graduate from the Bethel School of Technology, um, how are they doing? Like, are they getting placed into, into the jobs and the careers that they were, you know, like dreaming that they would have someday? Yeah, we're so proud of our students. You know, over 80% of our students are getting jobs within 90 days of graduation. And we repeatedly get um, emails and phone calls from hiring managers asking us for more of our students because they, uh, they see them as not just being excellent in skill, but also excellent in character. And they're actually elevating workplace culture. So that, that really is great. And we, we become, our students are part of our family. They come back to us. We have interaction with them as alumni and they believe in our, in our current students and our future students. It's just been a wonderful thing um, to see. I, I one student we had, um, he has an incredible testimony. Uh, he actually lost his job during COVID and his wife lost her job during COVID. And a month into COVID, they found out they were pregnant. So he went through Bethel Tech and then three months after he graduated, ended up um, between a side, uh, he did a, he had a um, side gig and then his main job, he's making over $120,000. Uh, before, you know, his previous job, he was making like 10 bucks an hour. Uh, it was so powerful. But the, uh, the thing that we, his hiring managers said about him, his name is Reggie. He said, Reggie is the standard upon which we measure all of our future employees that we hire. Like that to me, and you know what's so cool about that, Leslie, is is Reggie's black, and seven less than seven percent of the tech talent workforce is black, and so he is setting the tone for people who are typically not in this this space, and he is becoming he has become the measurement upon which this employer, uh, the standard upon which this employer is measuring all of their future employees. This is just, he is, he's a pioneer um, as a believer, but also for the black community. This is just a beautiful thing. And we get that um, often from um, different hiring managers. That's, that's excellent. What do you do in your program just to like train them to be, to be those leaders in addition to the tech classes that, that you're yeah. offering? Where does that leadership component come in with your training? Yeah, we have a program called Kingdom Foundations. We also call it a revival group. And it's taking those soft skills, like I mentioned, culture of honor, brave communication, healthy relationship and community, trustworthiness. It, um, it really is a, a leadership building um, program. And so we believe that, I mean, I've been in online higher ed for over 15 years, and I've never seen a sense of community like what we've built at Bethel School of Technology. And I think it has in large part um, to do with that revival group um, community that we build. Like our students know that they're coming in here, they're going to roll their sleeves up. 
uh, and they're gonna they're gonna learn, they're gonna get out, and they're gonna get employed. That there's a bunch of boot camps in the U.S. that do that, and they do it well. What sets us apart is that they're going to do that, but they're also going to look up and they're going to look around and know that what God is doing to them, they're also doing through them so that they can go and transform any environment that they're in by being um, being the love of Christ and showing in both skill and character the excellence and beauty of the nature of God. And so this is this is what we really focus on. And we have multiple touch points for our students. We actually have, we're a high um, we're a high support, um, high touch, high support school. So we have seven different touch points with our students, whether it's their student success coach, their career service manager, their pastor, their, um, their kingdom mentor, their Christian mentor, their tech instructor, their tech mentor. Uh, they just, they have so much support that, um, really builds them up to go out and, uh, and do what they're supposed to do. That's so cool. That's really exciting. Um, so, you know, with technology, it's always evolving, just like, you know, you get a computer or an iPhone and it's like, it's almost like two years, it's like obsolete. So it's, how do you guys stay like abreast of like all the new like things that, you know, that you're like leading in? How do you do that? Yeah, we're constantly looking at the market and seeing where the demand is. So you can look at some of the uh, Department of Labor statistics and you can see that software development is still the um, the largest growing, fastest growing um, skill over the next 10 years. Cybersecurity has gone up there. Um, you've got data science. So we're always looking at where the need is. We want to meet that need. That's actually an invitation, you know, like, um, you know, our senior pastor, Bill Johnson, you you um you've you know of him leslie but um most people do but in case you know he says uh something i I absolutely love he says a lot of things i love but he says the the purest form of influence doesn't come from invasion it comes from invitation well the invitation in the marketplace is the job opportunity so we meet that demand uh, and so we are looking for okay there are there things that we need to be leaning into? Are there new programs that we need to build? We're actually building a new program that's a little bit more on the emerging technology side with blockchain security, uh, which I'm really excited about. Um, but we just look where the market demand is. And okay. the whole point is an accelerated learning program. So you can um, get proficient in these particular areas in nine months through our program, where it would typically take you four years in a computer science degree. So for the fraction of the time and fraction of the cost, we're much more um, cost effective than a typical four-year computer science degree. You can go through our program and, and get that job you're looking for. Wow, that's so good. So a couple of closing questions here. So how, um, you know, what do you see? Well, let's see, before I get to that question, that, that'll be my last one. Let me ask this question because this is such a hot topic right now with AI, the artificial intelligence. Um, you know, with anything, right, even like social media, there's like the good side of social media and there's like the negative bad side of social media. And I mean, you can kind of go through anything, right? There's always there's always two sides um, in the way in which something can be used. So what is your opinion on AI and, you know, um, are you excited about it? Do you see innovation and opportunities with it? Um, like, what is your position, your opinion on that? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head, Leslie, that, you know, it can be good, it can be bad. You know, uh, technology is a tool that takes on the function of its user. So if I were to give you a hammer, you could build a house, but you could also use it as a weapon and crack somebody over the head with it. Like we're focused on using the tool, the hammer to build the house 
um, so that people know where to come. And, uh, and, and using that metaphorically speaking, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, you know, bringing heaven to earth and then guiding people um, to, to that house. Uh, and so, yeah, there are things, you know, especially with some of the latest uh, reports and um, innovations, chat GPT, I think, is the biggest step towards um, strong AI. There's two types of AI. There's weak or, or really the, the more appropriate term would be narrow AI. That's that's like what, um, you know, Siri is or Amazon Alexa, which is great. You know, you ask Siri, you know, uh, what's the weather going to be like today? Siri tells you or you tell Alexa, hey, dim my lights in my home or set my security alarm. That's great. But then you have artificial gen- general intelligence, um, which is human competitive intelligence that could remove the human decision-making process out of the equation, which is actually really scary because artificial intelligence can never account for human ingenuity, creative expression, and, and, and human will. And so that's the thing that I would be very careful on. Are we moving too fast? And are we okay? We should not be okay with artificial intelligence replacing um, humans as the uh, primary decision makers because, you know, artificial intelligence basically just takes loads of information, gathers it and creates and makes insights and inferences and creates solutions out of all the data that's available. And the example that I like to use is, you know, you've probably seen these reports where um, somebody's gotten trapped underneath a car. A car is 3,000 pounds. And, uh, and like, a, you know, a, a mom or a parent or someone lifts that car off of their child or off of a loved one or a friend or a stranger, whatever it may be. Like, that's not supposed to happen. Like, the, 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 the world deadlift record is 1,100 pounds, and a car is typically around 3,000 pounds. So you have a 110-pound woman lifting a car off of someone like human will always finds a way so if we were to just basically relegate the solution to what ai would say would happen in that situation they would take thousands of different um, scenarios um like the particular scenario and they would not see a 110 pound woman lifting a 3,000 pound car off of someone as a viable solution but yet she does So that's the thing that we always have to keep in mind, that we can use this as a tool to help us, but it can never replace um, our creative expression, our identity, and our decision-making process. Mm, Wow, that was like a a lot of great information in there um, and a lot of things just to kind of like pray about and to think about and to be aware of. So, um, you know, with that, like, what do you see in the future? Like, what are the things that you and your team are talking about with, you know, uh, in a field that is always changing? Uh, any any kind of like insight as to what you're, you're working on for the future with, with students? And just, I just see like college coming more and more into high school and, and uh, students graduating with their AA and their high school diploma. And it's just an exciting time. I, you can look at the world right now and be like, oh my goodness, look at the, the state of education. But you know, with the state of education, there's so much opportunity and we're all about the solutions. And that's just the way I know that I am wired, just being a reformer. And I know that you're wired that way too. So just in closing, uh, what are some things that you would like to share regarding that? Yeah. Oh, that's such a great question. And, you know, I I believe that we are actually operating in 
um, the end of one epoch season of science and technology. And an epoch is a season characterized by a number of no notable events. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that we are coming to the end of one epoch and, and starting another one. And I think that the technology that we are basically um, actualized today is going to look um, far inferior to the technology that we're getting into in the future. Uh, in the very near future. And I mean, it, I could spend another hour just talking about that. I do talk about it in my book. Um, actually, there's a chapter in there called The Next Epoch. Uh, and it really focuses on quantum computing. Um, quantum computing is a, is a superior technology to what our classical computing is. And it's all based on um, simulating nature. And so it's actually an invitation from the Lord. Um, and I and I actually I believe that it will be fully actualized and activated when spirit led believers will partner with the Lord um, for him to reveal the the secrets um, of the um, um, of the um, of the power of quantum computing and quantum mechanics. But it will only be actualized by creation engaging and going back to its original design and relationship with its creator. It, it is, it's wild. It's what um, Einstein um, called spooky action at a distance over a hundred years ago. This is not new um, science, but it's moved at a snail's pace compared, compared to classical computing. But I will say this, what would take a, um, when, when we do actualize a quantum computer, what takes a, our fastest supercomputers today a hundred, if not a thousand years to compute, it'll take quantum computers seconds uh, or minutes. So we have an opportunity here to redeem the tech space and be at the forefront of this technology. And the technology will actually point to God as creator and Jesus as Lord and Savior. Just like the Bible says, I, I think it's in Luke 1940, where it says, even the stones will cry out that Jesus yes. is king. All yes. matter is crying out that Jesus is king. And any scientist who comes in with a curious and open mind, the more they delve into um, the curiosities and the phenomenon of our universe, the more it will actually lead them um, to an epiphany that that God is creator and Jesus is Lord and Savior. So that is where we're going. And I'll just say that Bethel School of Technology um, has that in mind. And so we're having these really cool conversations around what does it look like to be at the forefront of that? Wow, that is so exciting. Like, seriously, that is something that um, they're going to make movies of. That's exciting, really. Yeah. Uh, wow. Well, thank you for sharing that. That is just so inspiring. And, you know, uh, I love everything about innovation and that sounds um, something to look forward to. So thank you so much, Ryan, for being on. Um, how can people find you? Where's, uh, yeah. the way well, to you know, hit me up on Instagram. Um, what's my handle? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's at uh, Ryan Collins 05 or maybe Ryan C. Collins 05, but you can get the book on Amazon. You can, you can actually go to the shop Bethel store and get it there as well. Um, and uh, yeah, I'd love to, if you do purchase the book, I'd love to get your feedback on it. Um, you know, there's not a lot of people talking about this, but I think as the church, the Lord is inviting us to expand the walls of the church 
and engage the most influential spheres of society so that all will taste and see his goodness. And, and, you know, what the future looks like determines how much we engage. The Lord is inviting us. And if we will engage with him, there'll be an acceleration. It'll be like Nehemiah rebuilding the walls. But if we don't, if we sit back and let the devil um, counterfeit the power of what the Lord had put into motion, this powerful force called technology, um, there'll, there'll be consequence to that. So it really is in our hands and, and we get to partner with, um, with the, the, the most high God, you know, we get to, yeah. we get to appropriate the kingdom of heaven, wherever we go. And that's, that's exciting to me as I know it is to you, Leslie. Oh, it's so exciting. Well, this has been so great and we will definitely put, um, in where everyone clicks to join the show exactly where they can find you. Uh, I've enjoyed this time together so much. So again, I'm Leslie Russell. You've been watching, Reinventing Education with Leaders and Visionaries. And Ryan, it's just been such a pleasure. Like Bethel is just really leading the way here um, in your school. And just thank you for your heart for the Lord. And we hope this show inspired you to step into what God's calling you to do, that you can do that with Him. So take care. We'll see you again. See you next week. Bye-bye.